Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Working Therapist Podcast. I'm Hayden Bolick, your host, and today we are actually talking about how to prevent burnout. So this is a topic that I've heard consistently through the years during my career about, oh, I'm so burned out, or man, I'm just burned out, I just need a break. So I'm not talking about like the, hey, look, it's time for my vacation, I just need to get away from work, we all get there, but I'm just talking about overall burnout as a therapist. I've always heard that burnout and, oh, you don't want to get burned out, or I'm just burned out. I've never really understood 100% about what that means, but as I ask for clarification from people through the years, and here's my definition of what people mean when they say, I'm just burned out, or I was burned out in pediatrics, so I switched to adults, or I was burned out in adults, so I switched to pediatrics. I think it just means they don't like that type of therapy or what they do all day long. Um, so people change. They change careers sometimes. They change age groups they work with. They may change jobs, different things. Or, you know, I was just so burned out, so I decided to stop being a therapist, and now I... I don't know, I'm an artist or, or something totally different. Who knows? Maybe they should have been therapists to begin with. But basically, burnout means you're tired of what you do all day and it's just not creating an excitement for you anymore. The joy and the passion of what you do is gone. That's the definition of burnout as I understand it. I have experienced some burnout through my career, but mostly it had to do with, hey, I'm going on vacation next week and I can't wait to get there. I just need a break. Not so much of losing the passion for my job or the joy in my job and what I do. Sometimes I have found that maybe at a particular placement, sometimes I start to feel a little stagnant, but never really burned out. So today what we're going to talk about is how to prevent burnout. And if you are feeling burned out, how to sort of get that passion, excitement or joy back in what you do all day. Right now, when I'm doing this podcast, we are actually in the spring of the year. And this is what I call our Christmas. This is our busiest season. And I don't know if, if you're a pediatric therapist, you may be experiencing this as well. Probably my best guess is that you are. Because if you're a pediatric therapist, this point of the spring of the year is like transition meeting times. So if you work with the birth to five caseload, all of those kids transitioning from preschool to school, you probably are having IEP meetings for them. So you're having to test some kids, get a lot of paperwork done. The caseloads tend to be the highest at this time of the year. So in addition to having those extra responsibilities of meetings and paperwork and testing to do, your caseloads are full. So you're having to provide therapy at the maximum numbers. And those requirements don't ease up any at this time of the year. In fact, they're just full on. If you are working in the schools, again, you're transitioning. Some of your kids may be moving from elementary to middle school, or they're wanting to get in all the IEP means before the end of the school year for headcount. And again, your caseload is full if you're in the clinic. This is, again, where all of your clinic schedules are very full. People are not going on vacation right now, and you're just really busy. And so, hey, I feel your pain. It's your Christmas, so just trying to know that. So if you're experiencing burnout or you feel burnout, also look at the season that you're in. And at this point in time, if you're a pediatric therapist, it is your Christmas. Recognize it, own it, celebrate it, do what you got to do and just work through it because it's the schedule right now. But if you're more burned out on a sort of a global level, meaning I'm just tired of being a speech therapist or tired of being an occupational therapist or tired of being a physical therapist, then here's some thoughts on that topic. First is the 
that's why I know sort of the cure for burnout is to understand and know your why, meaning your why are you a therapist? Why do you get up every morning and become a therapist? And if you're experiencing some burnout, you may question that on a regular daily basis. So you kind of got to get back to know where your joy, where your passion comes from. Why are you a therapist? Why did you go to school in the first place to become a therapist? You got to remember a time in your life when this profession and what you're doing every day brought you joy and passion. So what's changed? And my best guess is for most people I've talked to with burnout, we've worked through this a lot in the past, the biggest change was people forgot the why. They forgot their passion, they forgot their joy, and they sort of lost that. And what's clouded that or what's gotten in the way of that why is all the what. So all the collateral what, all the stressors and all that have sort of taken over. They've forgotten their why, forgotten their passion. So the first way to prevent and to stop burnout is to remind yourself of your why. And I say this all the time to the people here at PDT and our leaders here. If you're a leader and if you manage other people, or even if you're not managing other people, you have to remind people of the why and why they do what they do all the time. And when other people around you that you manage start to roll their eyes when you talk about the why, you're about halfway home. You said about half as much as you really need to. And then you need to keep saying it some more. The other people you manage should start to almost roll their eyes when you talk about it because they should hear it so much. You've got to say it all the time. You've got to say it all the time. You have to live it. You have to talk it. You have to walk it. Whatever you got to do. But if you lead others, then you need to talk about the why all the time because people get the why beat out of them all day long. All the what gets in the way of it, the paperwork requirements, the numbers of the caseload requirements, the challenges of the caseload, and just in terms of different diagnoses they may not ever seen before, insurance payment, getting paid for this therapy gets in the way of the why, schedule challenges, all kinds of stuff basically beat the why out of you all day long and get in the way of it. So you have to remind people, you have to remind yourself of the why. Why are you a therapist? And so for us at PDT, pediatric developmental therapy, the why for us is we have a small window in a child's life, small opportunity in a child's life to work with whatever deficit area they may come with to change that life for the better, so to make a difference so that they can go and live their life because that's not our life, it's their life. So we are presented with an opportunity and we can make a difference in that child's life working on whatever weak area they may have so they can go and do what they want to do with their life. And in that process, we educate parents and we develop and help grow therapists and help them to be better professionals and help for them to understand this why and and to work with our little kids. That's our why. That's what we do. It's an opportunity for us. So I think when you are a therapist, you should look at working with other people as an opportunity. So remind yourself of that why. If you can remember that and you focus on that, then really it takes away a lot of that burnout. So that doesn't mean like the podcast is over right now and we're going to talk about like, whoop, there's your quick fix. Rock on. You're done. Click off. Don't click off. Because <laughs> um, now what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how to sort of manage all that what. So the first thing and the what that gets in the way and all that stuff can be managed and you can corral that beast. But the first thing is you have to remember your why. And so when a client comes walking through the door and a family comes walking through the door, if you're like, oh, if you're thinking about your caseload, your family, your client that you're seeing as a, let's just check the box. Let's just get through this therapy session. We got to see these 10 kids today. So let me just check the box on these 10 kids. You have forgotten your why. Because if you're checking the box and you're looking at the therapy session, is this is check the box and I got to get this done. You've forgotten your why. You need to stop, remind yourself, get back to your passion, get back to your joy because no therapy session is just to check the box. I mean, you've got somebody's most special person there in your office that you're working with or your therapy 
therapy room or wherever it is you're providing therapy or if you're going into the house, that somebody's no special person. It doesn't matter if you're with adults or pediatrics. Whoever's coming through that door is somebody's most special person for that period of time. That's your most special person. And that's your why because you can make a difference in that life and whatever it is. And that's really an opportunity because one day you're going to go see a medical professional and you're going to go see them or you're going to take one of your most special people in this world, your mom or your daddy, your child, your aunt, your uncle, your next door neighbor, somebody, one of your most special people in the world into that medical professional. And you don't want them to treat you just like a check the box. Let me just get through this therapy session or medical appointment or whatever it is. You want them to bring their A game. And if they're not, you're going to leave. They're not very happy. And whoever you saw probably isn't very happy. And is that really what you want? So you don't want that. I can answer the question for you. So you don't need to treat other people like that. So that's why you have an opportunity to change your life. And so that's your why. You got to remember your why. So get back to your passion. So now let's talk about all the what that you have to deal with during the day. So you kind of got your head straight about your why and you joy, passion, reminded yourself about that. So now we got to talk about how to manage the what so it doesn't manage you so you don't get into this trap of burnout again. And first, here's an important thing to think about with the what. There's some things that you can problem solve through when it comes to what and you can identify as a problem and you can fix it and solve it. And there's other things. It's a problem that has to just sort of be managed. It maybe never can be solved, but it's just a situation that has to always be managed. And now you know if it's a problem to solve because if you put a lot of energy and effort and work towards it, the problem goes away and you can solve it versus a situation that has to more or less be managed. So if it's something that reoccurs itself all the time, then it's really a situation that has to be managed and you just got to problem solve through it and best manage it so it doesn't manage you versus you can identify as a problem to solve. Here's something I deal with a lot with therapists all the time, writing daily news. And I'll hear, especially from brand new therapists that have been working for me for about six months, they'll usually say consistently, my daily notes take me too long to write. I can't get through my daily notes. Take me too long to write, too long to write. This is a problem that can be solved. Now, daily notes in general, when you write them and how you manage your time to make that happen, That is a situation that has to be managed, but how to write a short functional daily note that meets the insurance standards as well as documents exactly what you did that day and communicates to others what you did that day, that problem and how to write one that's succinct, you can get it done in three to five minutes per child writing a soap note, and I'm talking about a soap note format daily note, that problem can be solved because we can get that daily note down to three to five minutes. And I work with therapists all the time, especially new therapists on how to solve that problem so they can write a daily note that meets the insurance standards, that documents clearly what you did in that session so that others can read it and understand exactly what you did. You can solve that problem. You can get that daily note done in three to five minutes tops. But overall in your time to do your daily notes and when to do them, that's a problem that has to be managed. And sometimes I hear people talking about that. And so we have to dissect the problem. Are your daily notes taking you too long? And if that's the case, we can solve that problem. But when you do them, or just the fact that you have to do daily notes, it's here to stay, people. I mean, that's not going anywhere. You always have to document what you did, always. That's part of the gig you signed up for. You're a therapist. You're in the medical profession. You have to do a daily note. So how do you manage when you get that done? And we have done a podcast here on time management. We've also done a podcast on daily notes. So if you haven't heard either one of those, go back and listen to both of those. But right now, I'm just going to talk about managing when you get your daily notes done And really, that's best if you sort of chunk your time. So then you have to look at your overall schedule. And really, a lot of this goes back to my time management podcast that I did. But 
learning how to chunk your schedule and manage your time and when to get your daily notes done, that's a problem that needs to be managed. So that's one of the big things with your what and how to manage your what. Identify things either as a problem to solve or a situation that has to be managed. And if you go ahead and divide stuff in those two categories, that takes a lot of stress away because then you can start to solve your problems and get them out of your way versus managing things and come up with best solutions. So when we first identified problems that need to be solved and they can be solved, you put energy and effort towards them, you solve the problem, they're done, there are no more problems anymore and they're gone. So that's a problem that can be solved versus situations that can be managed. If you write a list of things that are causing you stress and causing your burnout and causing you to forget your why, divide the things into those two categories and then put energy and effort on solving the problems. And then once you've solved your problems, focus on things or situations that need to be managed. And one of those things that need to be managed is how to get all of your responsibilities done in your job and how to manage your time. So your time management is a huge issue. And we have a whole podcast on time management, like I just said. So some quick, fast things and highlights even from that podcast and things to manage your time is a good calendar, chunking your time. You've got to use a calendar system. You have to plot and plan your time. And then you also have to chunk your time. So chunk therapy time and then chunk paperwork time. And that helps a lot with time management. Also allow a little bit of wiggle room in your schedule or white space because sometimes some things take too long, longer than you think they're going to. And sometimes you need to give yourself a little bit more space. So like an IEP meeting, you may have an IEP meeting. You think, okay, well, this thing's supposed to only last 30 minutes. Well, a lot of times I've sat in IEP meetings that only were supposed to last 30 minutes that last an hour and a half. So allow yourself a little bit of wiggle room so that you don't get too stressed out with that situation. And those are just some of the highlights from the time management podcast. But another way to sort of help yourself from burnout and sort of to deal with the what that gets in the way of your why is to communicate. You have to communicate with other people. You have to talk to your team. I mean, I haven't seen yet any therapy situation that you work 100% in isolation. If you're working a clinic, electronic medical records is here to stay, people. I'm just here to tell you. And that means transparency. And that means like never before has everybody in a private practice therapy clinic or, hey, I'd say every kind of private practice, doctor or therapy, it doesn't really matter. Everybody's got their hands in the cookie jar. The schedule people the referral intake people, they are in the same chart that you're in in terms of writing your daily notes and doing your billing. And of course, the billing department's in checking your billing and getting those claims out and getting them paid for. So everything that everybody does, especially in electronic medical records, all overlaps. So you have to communicate with other people. In the school system, you write an IEP, it's a whole IEP team. It's not just speech, it's a whole IEP team. The parent, you, in some cases, the child, if they're old enough, the school personnel that's a representative for the IEP, it could be the vice principal, the principal, I'm not sure who your representative is, but they're all part of a team. So you really don't work in isolation anymore and you have to communicate with others and communicating with others really helps sometimes with like confusion. If there's confusion in the schedule, you know, if people don't understand or know the information, then they start to assume information. And that sometimes can create a whole big old can of worms that creates a lot of conflict that gets in the way with our why. So communicate with other people so that they know what's going on with maybe the schedule or a child or whatever situation is. You know, maybe you've got like some evaluations that you can't seem to get done in a timely manner. You know, in our our office, within 72 hours, we have to get our evals done. Maybe you're consistently late with your evaluations. So maybe you should communicate with your office about why it's late. Maybe somebody there can help you try to solve the problem. Maybe you can say, hey, here's a solution I've got for the problem. Talk to your superiors. Talk to somebody who's in the management position to help you understand ways to sort of solve 
getting your evaluations turned in in time, if that's one of the what's causing you problems every day and getting in the way of your why because you can't get your evaluations turned in in time, somebody may have a solution or they may be able to help you with solutions. I'm not sure. But either way, communicate with others. And that will definitely help with the what getting in the way of your why. And then don't forget, this is so key. So pay attention to this part. Therapy should be fun. I think people forget, especially with kids, therapy should be fun. And I can't tell you, a lot of times I see, especially this time of the year when everybody's extremely stressed, therapists will be working and they'll have a child they're working with. And, you know, the therapist is like, oh my gosh, this child just will not do this, this, and this. They're just being really stubborn. They won't say this, this, and this, or they won't string these beads, or they refuse to go up those stairs or whatever. And then it starts to turn into less about therapy and about what goals this child's supposed to meet and why this child is even really there. And it becomes a battle of the wills. And it's not the end of the world because there's other ways to address that area of deficit. I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't work on their goals, but say the child doesn't want to walk up and down the stairs. Well, make the stairs into like this, you know, if the child's really into like Peter Pan, and oh my gosh, you know, let's climb the stairs so we can get away from the alligator and we got to go save somebody from Captain Hook or I don't really know, but make it into like a game that's appropriate and fun. And then that child's hopping up and down those stairs in no time flat. I was working a couple months ago with a speech therapist and occupational therapist as a co-treat, and the occupational therapist wanted this child to string a certain number of beads, three beads, and this child really wasn't into stringing these beads at all, could have cared less about stringing those beads. And the speech therapist was like, okay, now you're going to string these four beads. We have to string these four beads. And I asked the OT, I said, look, how many beads does this kid have to string? And she said, three. And so I told the speech therapist, I was like, look, hey, this is not our fight. She wants them to string these three beads. This kid strung three beads. Let's move on on let's do something else more fun we got to keep it fun i mean little boys in therapy they love to be kind of destructive they love to build something up knock it over so hey speech therapist build up a whole set of those melissa and doug cardboard blocks one of my most favorite toys ever and knock it over with like a beanbag that's fun and then you can request each time you build the blocks up and knock them down and i don't know but it's got to be fun if it's not fun then that's one quick, easy way for burnout and this is no good. So it's got to be fun. And see if it's fun, then it gets back to your why. Because you're helping this child improve and get better. And you're changing this life so that they can graduate and go and live their life. That's our why. So keep it fun because they're going to be motivated. They're going to want to do stuff to work on the goals. And that's what you want. So when I say it's not the end of the world, I'm certainly not making light of therapy or not saying therapy is important. What I'm talking about is... It's got to be fun. So you have to pick and choose your battle sometimes. So if you find yourself having a battle of wills with a child, then you got to really step back and think, okay, what is the bigger picture here? So also, as we're talking about having fun with therapy and keeping it fun, it has to be creative. And a lot of times when people get burned out, I think some of the creativity of their therapy has gone to the wayside and they've forgotten about keeping therapy creative. Again, we're talking about sort of managing the what and to sort of keep the why, your passion fueled. And creative therapy really helps keep the passion for therapy fueled, keeps it fresh. So when I say be creative, I don't mean you just have to check Pinterest every day and get new ideas, though that's a very, very good idea because they've got some great stuff on there. But I mean, just also in terms of being creative, it's like a little puzzle. Each of our little people are like little puzzles. And so when I'm talking about being creative, I'm talking about creative therapy ideas for 
are in therapy, but I'm also th- talking about creative home programs, creative ways to communicate with the parents, creative ways to talk to teachers, creative ways to talk to the other therapists working with this child so that you can consistently collaborate with others. It doesn't always have to be face-to-face. It can be. That's usually my favorite. But use your technology, make the technology work for you, and think about creative ways to close the gap in different areas. That'll keep your passion fueled. That'll keep you connected to other people. And that'll bring some creativity and new ideas into things. So that's one idea about being creative. Sometimes people forget about being creative outside of the actual therapy time and space. But all of those other things are just as important as what you do in therapy. And there's creative ways to close the gap and problem solve. And so you have to really think critically and be creative. One of our core competencies at PDT is critical and creative thinking. And a lot of times people think, oh, well, that's just creative therapy. But there's a whole lot more in that category than just creative therapy. So I thought I would just mention that, and that really helps to prevent burnout. But then also in therapy, think about creative ideas. They also have to be age-appropriate, age-specific. So, you know, a child can climb up the stairs, and that's fun, and they can walk back down the stairs. And, you know, that's a very functional skill that we work on all the time with our little kiddos and stuff. But they could also climb up the stairs because they're climbing a mountain, and then they're going to put the flag at the top of the stairs because they made it to the top of the mountain, and whoo, they made it to the top of the mountain, or whatever it is. You know, if you're working with like a four-year-old, that's fun. Yesterday, actually, I was working with another OT who is extremely creative. I mean, this girl is awesome in terms of creativity. And we were having these little kids climb up this little ramp. And she wanted them to do heavy work, climb up the ramp, and they were pulling themselves up by this little rope. And for speech at the bottom, both of these little boys we were working with, we actually were doing it in a little group, they both have some processing problems and problems answering questions, hearing what was said, responding to questions appropriately, taking in auditory information, processing it, and we're working on processing time and attention to task and a lot of pragmatic stuff. But anyway, it's not about that, but it's about the creative ideas. And so we were having them sort of climb up this little ramp and they were kind of not really too into it. And so I was at one end of the ramp and you know, I was like the the pinchers. And I was pinching at their feet. Oh my gosh, get away from the crabs, get away from the crabs. And so they were like hurrying up this ramp. So I got what I wanted. We could talk about crabs and then what was happening. Oh my goodness, were the crabs pinching fast or slow or, oh my gosh, they got little Johnny, help little Johnny. Oh my gosh, where is Johnny? Grab, what did they grab my feet or grab my hands or, you know, lots of speechy stuff happening there. Lots of good language language speech stuff that I was working on and then she kind of got what she wanted and both these little boys were fully engaged turn taking great pragmatics your turn my turn but in a very natural kind of way so it was fun for me and I got what I wanted the OT got what she wanted and so it was just a creative session and it worked well and I would love to say that was all my idea but actually the OT was fueling the fire and I just rode her coattails the whole way in it was great but it was creative therapy and it was fun both of these little boys as you may have guessed and talking about them have got some pretty major behavior problems And so that therapy session could have been really difficult if I was doing a battle of the wheels or I wasn't keeping it fun. But actually, it was the opposite. It was a ton of fun. There were no behavior problems. There was some management of some behavior in certain times and some guiding of some turn-taking and pragmatic stuff. But there were no behavior problems or meltdowns. And so it was great, fun, creative therapy, and we got what we wanted in a very natural way. So that's just one idea about being creative. But I didn't have anything except for my hands who were the little pinchers. (laughs) So it wasn't very high tech. But anyway. 
Another way to manage things that often lead to burnout is changing your environment. So sometimes that has done a world of good for me, just changing my environment. And, you know, it can sort of bring some fresh life into what you're doing. So if you work in the same place, the same office all the time, maybe just rearranging your office is sort of a change in the environment. Maybe you don't have the opportunity to change your environment in terms of working in a totally different place or a different office, but maybe during lunchtime, instead of eating in the same place, you you know, take a walk outside. Sometimes just getting a breath of fresh air makes the world a difference for me. Talking to different people than you normally talk to. That's sort of a change in the environment and it kind of mixes things up a little bit for you. If you're in private practice, a lot of times you'll have the opportunity to change your environment that maybe you might not have if you're working in the schools or someplace like that. I know that for us here at PDT, in terms of private practice, we have lots of different environments that therapists can work in. We have the schools, we have clinic-based, we have home-based, daycares, we have developmental day centers, we have private schools, we have a big, huge variety. Even the three clinics that we have, they're set up the same way, but just the environment in each one's a little bit different. And so sometimes if you're in private practice, you can change your environment and work in a different scenario, and it's the same type of therapy. I'm still doing speech therapy, but I'm doing it in a completely different place. And that will create new challenges for me, new success opportunities, all kinds of different things. And so that sometimes will just sort of give me a break from one place and sort of help keep me engaged and excited and you fuel that passion. So that's another way to manage that what that sometimes creates some burnout. So changing your environment, I think is a good thing. Also, hey, sometimes taking a graduate student, that's like a little bit of a change in environment, but that keeps it fun because man, graduate students, tons of energy, good ideas, it's, you know, teaching, it's fun. You kind of actually like, hey, I actually know something. It's kind of fun taking a CFY if you're a speech therapist. That's also a good opportunity. So anyway, that's some examples of change in your environment. Last point I want to get across with preventing burnout is paid days off. So we call them here at PDT, PDOs, paid days off. But here's how I look at a PDO. We have a certain number of PDOs set aside for our employees because we expect them to take them each year. I mean, we want them to take them. We encourage them to take them. The expectation is that they will take them because they need time off. Because when we're on, we are on. Our caseloads are intense caseloads. I mean, all of our little people need stuff. Their parents need stuff. They are intense kids. And so everybody needs their time off. You've got to take them. So if you've got two weeks vacation, take two weeks of vacation for the love of Pete. You really need to take your time off. It's important. So take it. I don't think you get any special award at any company that I've heard of for the person who never takes any time off. Like, I don't think they give that award out. And a lot of times I'll hear, oh my gosh, she never takes time off. She's got a month saved up. Like, well, why? How's that helping anything? Like, take your time off. I don't remember ever seeing an award for that. So take your time off. They give it to you. Work's going to be there when you get back. And they'll appreciate it because they'll miss you. And they'll be so excited to see you. And you'll be tan. And that'll be great. So take time off. It's important. It's there for a reason. Take it off. It's your time. Value yourself and do it. And it's not going to hurt anything. So take your time off. I tell everybody that all the time. Enjoy your PDOs, your paid days off. So what have we learned here today? Basically, burnout is avoidable. I heard it early on in my career. Well, eventually just bound to get burned out. So just enjoy it now while you're young. And I thought, oh God, that sounds bad. Oh, I hope that doesn't happen to me. And it hasn't happened to me. I'm still not burned out and been doing this for a very, very long time. So it is avoidable. It is not like an inevitable, like it was sort of presented early on in my career. It's just not true. But a couple of things you have to remember. What is your why? What is your passion? Why did you get up 
this wanting to come to work to be a therapist. And hopefully it wasn't a paycheck. If it is, then you do need to think about what you're doing and how you're doing it. Why did you go to school to be a therapist? That's your passion. And my guess is it's probably because you are a creative individual. It's probably because you care about people. You wanted to help people and you still want to help people. And my guess is it's because there's excitement in seeing people get better and seeing how what you can do can help that person get better and improve. So remember your why and set up things that help you to remember your why and set yourself up for success. If you don't have somebody reminding you of your why all the time, then do things that can help you remember and keep that important and keep that as the focus. Also, really take a good, hard, critical look at how you're spending your time and how you manage your time. And that can sometimes not be a whole lot of fun because a lot of times you find out that you're kind of in your own way. So be critical about how you're managing your time and how you're setting yourself up. So in the next thing to look at when you're thinking about burnout is how am I communicating? Part of that's what we've talked about in this podcast was are you communicating effectively with all the people involved with this patient that you're seeing? And so it's important to really think about how you're communicating because it does keep things fresh and new and keeps different ideas present as you're treating this person. And so it's just important to think about how you're communicating. And then also creativity. You know, we talked about creativity in the session, but then also creatively how you're managing your time, creatively how you're communicating with others, creatively how you're providing therapy overall. And that does help prevent burnout. And then also, when's the last time you had a day off? You need to take your paid time off. It's there for a reason. So um, don't be those people who never take time off. I still really don't understand that. But take some time off. Do something nice for yourself because you work really hard. And hopefully with all of that, are some good ways to prevent burnout. Because again, like I said just a second ago, it is avoidable. It's not like a, you're going to get burned out because you're a therapist. That just doesn't have to be the way that it is. So thanks for spending some time with me today. And I will catch you on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 